Hi there, this is Revive Britain with Bill McMurdo. I'm starting a study today on the King's Heart. The Heart of the King. And I'm not speaking about King Jesus. I'm speaking about the earthly rulers, the governmental rulers of the earth. And they are people that we have to deal with as believers. You know, it came to me recently that many, many of God's people in the Old Covenant era and indeed in the New Covenant era, I'm talking about biblically, many of God's people were killed resisting tyrannical government, tyrannical rulers. And we could speak about, we could speak about powers like uh, Egypt, Babylon, Rome. They were all biblical powers that the people of God had to deal with and the Assyrians as well and there are many, many um, governments, rulers that in the, in the Bible, times, Old and New Covenant, that were uh, a real danger to the people of God and were a threat to the life and liberty of God's people. And in history, the history of the church is a history of persecution, a history of martyrdom, the famous uh, Fox's Book of Martyrs, and indeed, up to this present day, Christians are being killed for their faith. And they're being killed by tyrannical governments. They're being killed by antichrist rulers and leaders. And so when I'm speaking about the king's heart, I'm talking about the heart of rulers. And we have them to deal with. And the Bible makes it very clear uh, in many places um, about what our conduct should be and how we should approach uh, national government leaders and rulers international or we would say global um, rulers and we see this reference in scripture so we're going to do a little study in that proverbs chapter 21 verse 1 says the king's heart is in the hand of the lord as the rivers of water he turneth it whithersoever he will god will turn the heart of a king wherever he will and remember Nebuchadnezzar, of course, um, he had an experience where he was communing uh, with God um, or God was communicating with him. And Nebuchadnezzar, in his pride, was humbled by God. Seven years he lived as a madman, eating grass, stuff like that, so that he could learn one fundamental lesson, spiritual lesson, and indeed a uh, worldly lesson. It's a lesson that every leader should know, which is this. The Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men. That's that's all that God wanted this man Nebuchadnezzar to take on board, that he ruled in the kingdom of men. And eventually Nebuchadnezzar did acknowledge that and did made his peace, as it were, with God. But he was a tyrannical ruler, a despot, a tyrant, a man who practised absolute rule in his domain. And so God deals with national rulers but you know how he deals with them and you know why he deals with them and you know uh, his dealings with them are all based on one fundamental thing and guess what that is it's you and i in prayer he deals with national leaders rulers uh, the kings of the earth he deals with them according as he deals with his remnant people in his ecclesia who will Take on board the scriptural command to pray for those rulers and he will deal with them according to 
what we say and declare and decree and petition and give thanks for in prayer. I'll prove it to you from God's word. But what I'm trying to say to you is, why do you moan about your leaders when the biblical answer is to pray for them? Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 2. This ought to be familiar to you, but um, we need to look at it from uh, this perspective of the king's heart. How does God change the heart of kings? At this present moment, we're dealing with coronavirus. And there's heaps of stuff on the internet and social media about the plans and purposes of government to control us, to microchip us, uh, to place upon us the mark of the beast. And I, I'm not saying that these things are not a threat to our liberties uh, and, and that we shouldn't be concerned about them. There's a lot of stuff that maybe gets a bit fanciful and a little bit too far-fetched. Uh, but what I'm saying to you is, is that we need to put all of that stuff and it's a very real threat. I believe there's a threat of that because although uh, things like isolation, social distance and these things, they're sensible things. They're, they're, they're wisdom. You know, isolating when there's a virus that's a deadly virus, it's, it's not a bad idea. And it's a biblical idea, um, you know, to make sure that someone with a plague doesn't infect the rest of the population. Now, he might not infect all of us who have the faith to believe Psalm 91, no plague will come near our dwelling and stuff like that. But but those that are weaker in faith can can perhaps uh, succumb to a virus. So uh, there's nothing wrong with all these things. But people are right to be concerned that these things will then lead to an increase in powers imposed, an increase in control imposed upon us by governments. And um, history bears it out, and certainly the Bible informs us that governments are not to be trusted. That's the whole point of this message, that we need to be doing something about the heart of the king, the heart of our rulers, the heart of our leaders, that to turn them away from a thirst and lust for power that they, they may or may not have picked up from this, the ability to lock down. And I don't like that term, lockdown, because it's a prison term. It's a term of bondage, of captivity. We're, we're, we're not bound. The people of God are not bound. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's not bondage, there's not captivity, and we ought not be captive to fear. The fear of death is what brings bondage, and all, everything comes under the fear of death that is not under the Lordship of Christ, because whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And so the fear of death is the master, the master fear. So, but we need to be praying for our leaders that their hearts will be turned from tyranny to being people who see themselves as vessels of God's purpose and will in the earth. And so 1 Timothy chapter 2, I exhort therefore, this is Paul speaking, that first of all, not last of all, not maybe maybe sometimes in your prayer meetings you might you might like to think about doing this, but you know, all I've been to lots of prayer meetings and you know, we, we the people who are praying for Auntie Jeannie Sorto and this one's lumbago and this one to get a you know, uh, extra money from the council and all this nonsense. And there's nothing wrong with these legitimate prayer uh, prayer things to go on, uh, prayer uh, requests. But this is, first of all, this is what prayer is all about. This is what transforms society. This is what takes away a lot of the need for personal prayer and petition to have breakthrough because if you have 
national breakthrough. If you have breakthrough on a massive scale, then the trickle-down effect of that means that a lot of our prayers, we don't need to pray about uh, things that have already been dealt with at a much higher level. Okay, So I exhort, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. In other words, different types of prayer that are required, petitions, decrees, you know, giving of thanks. When do we give that? Do we thank God? for the coronavirus? Do we thank God for things like cancer and poverty? No, we don't. We thank him for the victory over these things. So we need to be praying, say, Father, we thank you that we're coming out of lockdown. We thank you that we're coming out of coronavirus uh, and it's the horrors of it. We thank you that coronavirus is dying and, and it, it won't return. We need to be thanking God for the things that we desire, not thanking him for things that we don't desire. Anyway, so we give all these prayers, types of prayers, and we, it says, be made for all men. Prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks, be made for all men. We need to pray for all men. We need to have a wider scope to our prayers, rather than just praying for us four and no more. We pray for a, a wide, we, we pray for a global outpouring. We pray in accordance with the Abrahamic covenant. The Abrahamic covenant will bless every family on earth, which means people who don't have a wife and child, they're still a family. Or every household, every every person on earth comes under the scope of the Abrahamic covenant. And Christ was made a curse to get the blessing of Abraham upon the nation. So we're praying biblically. We're praying in accordance with God's eternal purpose, which is to put down all opposition, reconcile all things in Christ, and at the, at the end, the kingdom be surrendered by Christ to the Father. Now there's a global conspiracy for you. There's a new world order for you that you can sign up to. And it's all right here in this prayer. Pray in accordance with that. Pray for all men. Then he says, for kings and for all that are in authority. Kings, I would say, are the, the national leaders, the presidents, the kings, um, and, you know, the... the the prime ministers, the leaders, the, the uh, presidential office and the, or the or a monarchical office, that level, and for all that are in authority, in other words, all those that serve them. So here in Britain, we would say pray for Queen Elizabeth, who's our present reigning monarch, and pray for all those who are ministers. Remember that word ministry, or minister, prime minister, uh, transport minister. Um, these are all... Uh, the word minister simply means servant. Ministry is to serve. So these ministries, I'm talking about in the political sphere uh, and in other places, Secretary of State and all that type of thing, high-ranking officials, they're all there to serve. Um, first of all, it should be serving God. Secondly, serving in Britain, the, the monarchy, the queen, the throne and serving the nation, serving the people. Serving, not dominating and ruling with an iron fist and being tyrants. And, and presidents uh, or prime ministers here in Britain who accrue power to themselves and take it from the monarchy, we've, we've had too much of that. You see, we have a constitutional monarchy in Britain where powers are supposed to be balanced and divided between the throne and parliament and the people. But we've seen in recent times that governments take more and more power to themselves. 
till it gets out of balance. So really the queen just becomes a figurehead. Now that's not right. It's not biblical. Jesus didn't say, well, pray thy kingdom come till we get some kind of democracy going here or until we set up a republic and then I'll put myself up for election and other people can... That's never going to happen. The biblical pattern of government is monarchy, kingdom. Thy kingdom come. And so we need to see power going back into the the monarchy. Um, and, and remember that the monarchy in Britain is the ultimate power, but not the absolute power. Uh, in other words, the queens or the monarchs uh, sign off on bills and statutes and, and law is still required. The queen's uh, prerogative. But we're not going to get into all that. Maybe we should, for the simple reason that we need to understand governance as Christians, as believers. Here in Britain, if you're a believer, you need to understand how this functions. I had a prophet of God phone me one night at the blue and started saying wild stuff to me about this, stuff that was in my heart though, and stuff that was already partly functioning, and especially ministering to Kia David. And the Lord said through this prophet to continue to do that. But one of the things the prophet said to me was, to make myself aware of the of how parliaments and governments run. Um, the Lord wanted that. And, and I don't know that I've really fulfilled that to the extent maybe God wants, because I, I, I'm not a political person. I don't enjoy politics. I've stood for uh, parliament. I've stood for European parliament as well. Uh, I don't like it. I'm not a political person. And I don't think we should be, because politics is the counterfeit of the kingdom. But we should be aware of politicians, uh, politics and we should be accessible as believers for prayer purposes and counselling purposes. I speak a lot about this in, in, in what I call emrys ministry, that we need to be an emrys to political leaders and indeed to business leaders, leaders of all fields. We need to be advisors and counsellors. And Emrys is an ancient Celtic uh, counsellor and, uh, well, think Merlin. And some of the Celtic saints. And in fact, there is a theory that Merlin was actually the, um, was actually St. Debricius. And Merlin was his name that he used when he functioned in the political sphere, the king, the, the secular, we would call it, sphere. And Dubricius was his name as the high-ranking apostle, highest-ranking bishop and apostle of the ancient Celtic, Celtic sorry, church. That's just a theory, but it's, a, it's one that uh, sounds good. Because we need to understand our role as believers, particularly if you're in leadership, and particularly if you're in apostolic and prophetic leadership, and we need to think of guys like Knox and Calvin who shaped and moulded culture, and became, in Knox's case, a father to the nation of Scotland. We need to start thinking of that, having that level of influence again. Remember that Knox was an advisor uh, and a chaplain, indeed, to kings and to royalty. And, and God wants us in that role. If you're watching this and that dings in your heart, God's called you to that. So pray into that and get some more of this teaching because you need to know how to function that when God says turn the heart of that king through prayer or even by having the opportunity. And when I say a king, I'm talking about a national ruler. So kings and all that in authority. 
let's stick to the text a wee bit here. That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. In other words, the key to living a peaceable life in all godliness and honesty or reverence or justice or having a society where it's peaceful and things are run right and righteousness prevails is to pray for the leaders of the nation. And and if the, the nation isn't peaceful and the nation isn't a just nation, if there's corruption, then the reason is very simple. You're not praying enough. We're not praying enough as the ecclesia of God. We're not beseeching him because the result of praying adequately, appropriately and rightly for leaders and all that in authority is that we'll have a peaceable life. That's the, the, the fruit of it. So if there's no fruit, that means that, that we've not been planting enough prayer. We have all kinds of ideas how God's going to send revival, which quite frankly, for a lot of people, just involves squalling and bawling for decades and asking God to do it and beseeching and pleading and fasting and begging and all that. And it's not worked yet. Why? Because this is how it happens. This is a biblical key to revival, the key of David. The key of David is that when a ruler, a leader, a king, a president, a prime minister turns to God, he turns the nation with him. We're going to see that in, in these studies. When a king, a president, a, you know, anybody that's in officially a national leadership, rulership role turns to God, then the nation turns for the simple reason of the principle of it which is that where the head goes, the body will follow. And that's why we see, we're going to look at it in these studies, uh, biblical revival comes, or came, shall I say, through kings. Okay? It's not some hot rod, hot shot evangelist comes into town and shakes everybody up and let's have a revival. It's not that. It's get the head right and the body will follow. You see, if your head tells you tonight, uh, to tune into a uh, porno channel, whatever it is, then you, you, you and your body are going to be in Pornsville. Okay. And, and excuse me for being a little bit crude when I say that, but I'm just saying, okay. Or let's just make it this way. If you, if your head says, I'm going to be watching EastEnders, then you'll be in EastEnders. You'll be in the EastEnder London with Phil and Grant and all these, you know, and you'll be depressed because it's boring and it's depressing. But if your head says, you know what, let's get let's get stuck into YouTube and get some faith building ministry or let's get into some worship, then you're going to be in God land. Why? Because your head made the decision and your body will be fallen. Okay? You don't send your body out the room to go to the toilet. You don't send your body to Asda to get groceries because your, your body goes where your head goes. So if you get the head right, the body will fall. That's the principle here. Pray for kings and all that are in authority because if you can change the heart of the king, if you can turn it to how God wants that king to function, you see, he's not going to do it and impose it upon the king without the cooperation, the co-regent labor, the co-laboring and co-regency function of the kings and priests he set in the earth, which is the body of Christ, the ecclesia, you and I, in other words, we're saying, Father, we need this person changed. And if we can't, if, if the person won't change, if they're that stubborn and their heart hardens, Father, remove them and replace them with the godly. Replace them with somebody who's going to listen to you, Lord. You see, it doesn't matter if Donald Trump has all these faults and flaws and Boris and all that. Oh, their, their, their morality. God's not interested in their morality. 
Now you might think that's a shocking thing to say, but look what I'm trying to say to you is God is not we're we're not sent to be moral crusaders. We're sent to be people who preach the gospel, which is that everybody's morality is messed up because morality is really eaten of the tree of good and evil. Morality is a man-made idea. Righteousness that comes from God is in his word. Okay? Uh, and no man is righteous except one, Christ Jesus. And as we place our faith in him as our saviour and declare him to be our Lord, then we're made righteous in him. So we're not here to judge people's sexual uh, escapades and adventures or their past lives or anything else. We're here to uh, preach grace, preach mercy, but also preach the goodness and the severity of God. So we do preach about repentance, but a lot of the preaching of repentance is all about people conforming to our ideas of morality. Um, and anyway, I'm not going into all that. What I'm, what I'm saying is, is that I believe that the reason that God raised up Donald Trump and Boris Johnson <clears throat> is because they would be vessels that would do his purpose. God's only interested in us uh, praying through his purpose, not ours. You might like uh, a man who would be an exemplary pastor in number 10 Downing Street or in the White House, but God's more interested in someone who will do things his way. And sometimes that takes... Not a man who, who's a pastor. It takes somebody a little bit hard, more hard-nosed, a little bit more, uh, you know, worldly-wise, like a Churchill-type person. Um, somebody who fears God and will do God's purpose, but somebody who can, you know, do a few things that perhaps Pastor so-and-so wouldn't do. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray that we have leaders who know the Lord. We, 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 you know, he that ruleth over men must be just ruling in the fear of God. But... And, and I believe that. It's scripture and I love it. But the point being is, is you can rule in the fear of God and you can even be just in the sense that you're an honest and straightforward person. But you don't need to be a born-again evangelical Christian to do God's purpose in political office. It'd be great if you were. And I believe we should believe for that. We should be beseeching God for that. But in the meantime, I'm happy to have a Trump or have somebody who will do God's will and purpose. Um, and, you know, even if they have to, to sort of a, do it a little bit secular way and not, you know, uh, our righteous, um, <laughs> the pastoral path, but do it in such a way that they do it in a hard-nosed way. Um, but you know we're all we're all pressing towards something here. That's the important thing. When we're praying about turn the heart of the king, I don't just think that we should be praying for uh, people that will do God's will. But it does matter about their spiritual condition. You know we ought to be praying for Boris Johnson and Donald Trump to really get to know the Lord, to really become born again believers, to become part of the you know the family of God. I heard a lot of stuff about Trump being a Cyrus. And, you know, but Cyrus was not uh, a, in the house of David. He wasn't an Israelite king. And it's not good enough just to have Cyrus-type leaders who are not Christian, not born again, not saved, but, you know, the, the, their heart's in the right place and so on. That's great. 
but it's not enough. So we should be praying for the salvation. Anyway, uh, just want to, there's a lot to this. There's a lot to this study and uh, we're not going to cover it all in just this uh, one message. So we're going to have several messages. But I, I just think um, we ought to really see here from the Word of God. I, I want to, to, to share this with you a little bit, just to, to get the, a little bit of background. Think about the Bible. Think about the Word of God, the, the Bible you hold in your hands. So much of it was written by national rulers, about national rulers, Two national rulers. You know, you've got the first five books of the Bible were written by Moses, who was the first uh, national ruler, the president, if you like, of Israel. You've got the book that follows it, Joshua, who was his successor. You have judges, who were all rulers of Israel. You have um, all these books, uh, First and Second Samuel, uh, Chronicles, Kings, the name itself, were all about national rulers, kings, okay, and kingship, and how kings governed, and, and bad kings, good kings, and the contrast, and what God is looking for. You have um, the the Psalms, many of which were written by David, and were written about David, you know, written by people um, about uh, David, about um, rulership, for example, Psalm 72 is about the, the throne of Solomon. So kings and rulers feature a great deal in all these books. Then Proverbs, of course, written by Solomon, uh, who was the very apex, the pinnacle of Old Testament history. Uh, and indeed, the, the restful king, the one who reigned as more than a conqueror. David, of course, was the conqueror king. And Solomon is a type of the New Testament Christian is that he reigned as more than a conqueror. His father was the one with bloody hands, but he reigned. Uh, and of course, if you do uh, research, you'll find out that ancient Israel under David and Solomon was regarded as the world superpower of its day. The, the power of God had just grown in Israel and the dominion and the authority of the Israel nation had grown under these men uh, to an, an astonishing level. And then, of course, you have the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. They're all people that minister to kings and prophesy to kings, to rulers, to kingdoms. So, so much of this book. And then we go into the New Testament and we have the King of Kings, Jesus, who comes to earth and then sends forth us um, as people who are kings and priests in him. And the, the, the New Testament, of course, is written to a, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. This, this book is all about kings and the kingdom. It's all about rulership. It's all about dominion. It's all about how to exercise dominion on the earth and how to deal with worldly governments and their leaders. Read Psalm 2, read Psalm 149. These are Psalms that, that I speak about all the time because they tell us how God's people can respond to worldly governmental leaders and particularly those who have an antichrist approach to rulership. Our job is to disciple nations and we do that by teaching rulers. Pray that God will send, raise up, sorry, and send out to rulers, leaders in the nations 
and uh, high-ranking ones. It's great that Donald Trump is surrounded by so many people who uh, counsel him and pray for him, but we need that across the earth. We also need to stop fretting over people like Bill Gates. You see a lot of stuff on social media about Bill Gates and his nefarious plans to microchip us all and so on. And there may be truth to that. He might just be as bad as people make out. He might even be worse. But the point is, is that we need to be mature sons and daughters of God and start acting like we are the royal priesthood of God and kings and priests in the earth. And pray about people like Bill Gates. Pray about people that are the hidden hand behind the governments of the earth. There are people like that. There are people uh, in banking and business who have these sinister agendas. Um, so rather than um, do YouTube videos about them, why don't we start praying about these people that they'll either get saved and their uh, wealth be used for kingdom purposes or that they'll just be removed and that their wealth be used for kingdom purposes because wealth transfers a big, big part of this. Restoring the kingdom of God in the earth. We've had it in our nations. We've had it here in Scotland. We've had it in Britain. We've had it a, a bit in America too. There are nations where the kingdom has penetrated and if you like, foundations have been laid and we've We've had glimpses of it, but this great end time move of God that we're believing for um, should be the game changer in that it transforms our societies and by redeeming our cultures. And that very much a big, big part of that, a massive part of that, and a part that we need to start exploring uh, and get really serious about is what we're looking at here, turning the heart of the king, turning the hearts of rulers and leaders, getting, yes, getting born again Christians into positions of power or getting people in positions of power saved. But it's not just about that. It's not just about getting more folks saved. It's also about changing the hearts, uh, renewing the minds of people. Uh, conversion in a way that means that we convert from an antichrist culture and society, which has sadly come in, to a truly Christian one, to a truly redeemed one. And you know, a lot of the, the Christianization of the West that happened, a lot of it was, you could maybe say, just nominal Christianity. But there was that, I mean, I remember it when I was younger that um, things like the Sabbath, Sundays, were uh, a day of rest and a day devoted to God. And there was a, a reverence and fear of God that's not around anymore because we live in a postmodern age. Well, that all needs to change. And it changes as we do it biblically. It changes as we do it according to what God's word says and how God tells us to change it. And we change it by, first of all, understanding how governance works, how governmental leaders um, can be uh, taken from the path of Antichrist, Babylon, Leviathan, whatever your uh, term for it is, to a path of kingdom and uh, where Jesus is Lord to these people in every way, personally, uh, but also corporately and uh, in their com communities and in their nations. So that's how we need to do this. We need to change things biblically. We need to change things the way that God would have us change them. So start praying today for rulers. We're going to continue looking at the heart of the king, the king's heart. How do we change the hearts of leaders? We'll find out more as we study.
so the Lord bless you and keep praying for our rulers and leaders that God will turn their hearts toward this book and towards his son. In Jesus' name, the Lord bless you.